Welcome to the Baker Tilly U.S. podcast, an online community developed to connect you to our partners and leaders across the globe. Subscribe today to continue discovering new and unique ways that Baker Tilly can help enhance or protect your value as we discuss timely, relevant, and impactful topics. Our current series is being led by Chris Anderson, managing partner at Baker Tilly. Recognizing that the coronavirus is affecting businesses and organizations regardless of industry size or geography, Chris will be talking to various Baker Tilly practice group leaders about practical guidance to help them through the next few weeks and how they can prepare their businesses and employees to come back strong in the future. Let's get started. Thanks, guys, for taking some time today. We have Todd Bernhardt. Thank you, Malant. Todd and Carrie, could you just introduce yourself quickly? Hi, uh, I'm Todd Bernhardt. I'm a partner, and I lead our small business practice um, known as Baker Tilly Advantage. We help small businesses with um, their advisory tax, just really any needs they have going, and um, a wider range of industries throughout the firm. So my name is Kerry Mylant, and, and as Chris said, I will be helping out with, with a lot of these small business efforts. And, um, you know, obviously a lot of the work that, that Todd does on the small business side overlaps quite a bit what, with my work as, uh, as um, heading up the middle market advisory practice down here in Dallas, Texas. And so I look forward to collaborating on helping um, small businesses navigate these waters. My background is... Um, helping companies with profitability challenges and, and initiatives, as well as revenue challenges and growth initiatives. So, uh, Awesome. Can we maybe start, Todd, with defining, you know, small business, small to medium-sized entities? Who's the target that we're trying to work with here in this most immediate need? Yeah, well, right now with the immediate need and the, you know, the crisis we're in, we're really focused on our, um, you know, family-owned businesses that, you know, are, you know, range of sizes, you know, right now the term 500 and under is um, being thrown out a lot through 500 employees and under. So we're spending a lot of time with those size companies and revenues range, you know, from, you know, real small to a couple, you know, 25, $50 million companies that are, you know, really going through challenges right now. Um, so we're really trying to help those companies that either are closed or just are seeing, challenges in the market of employees not being able to work, reduce, everybody has reduced sales right now, except for a few, you know, markets, you know, grocery for one, which is one of our major small business clients. So we have a few that are really have different challenges, you know, so there's, when we talk about the cash flow modeling later, there's the ones that are need to plan their cash and the ones we need to help them, you know, save their cash and how they're going to, you know, meet those challenges. Thanks. That's a helpful, helpful definition. You know, cash flow being one of the first areas that whether you're doing, you're supporting right now and you're holding your water or whether you have challenges right now, I think the advice of this team is that anyone in a business should be stopping, taking a look at cash flow to understand the next 13 to 14 weeks um, just to be planful, right? So, so, Carrie, do you have some advice around where to even start as a business owner? Yeah, it's it's a great question. A lot of business owners have never really had to view their business in such a cash-centric way. Um, but really, the way to think about it is understanding what the what the realistic cash inflows are to the company. Um, who who are your clients that are going to continue to be doing business with you, 
and then double clicking on that of those that are continuing to do business who who is going to pay on time who's going to pay later and so that gives you an idea of when you can expect cash to come in the door which is step one and then step two is um, what what are your cash needs as a company you know you've got you've got things such as utilities you've got things such as payroll a lot of those things you, you don't want to skimp on um, and then there are other things you're going to want to push push down the road for when things get better like you know cash for uh, new machines and things of that nature so it's really just taking more of a checkbook approach to how you view kind of cash inflows and outflows and again it's it has nothing to do with really gap accounting. It, you know, it doesn't have to do with, with, with a lot of talk around net income and, and things of that nature. It's more around just dollars, kind of how we would think about our own personal uh, checkbooks, really. So would it be an organization that is in trouble, or is it anyone that should be thinking about it in this way right now? Yeah, um, you know, the most the most sophisticated organizations think about cash flow um, in detailed ways probably all the time, but I think the smaller businesses really don't think about it very 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 carefully until they really have to, and that's what we're finding, Chris and Todd, among our sm uh, small business client base, which is why um, we're ready to help them out. Yeah. Yeah, Carrie. I think it goes back to where I used to have some of our clients. They used to manage their business if they had money in the checking account. They didn't even look at their gap financials. They just looked at that checking account. Now, what they didn't do was look to see what the expenses are three months out, right? And that's the key is know what's coming. I think a lot of businesses right now know, feel like they're going to run out of cash, but they don't really know where that is. And without seeing it, they don't know what decisions to make because they know they want to, they know there's stimulus coming, and but you have to figure out how you're going to use that. You can't just take that cash and have it go right back out the other door because that's going to cause more trouble. So we'll dive in a little bit more to, to what it means to look at your cash flow. What about your balance sheet? Is there some work that should be we should be doing on the balance sheet as business owners right now to understand, you know, what's out there? Yeah. So on the balance sheet side, really understanding what kinds of additions you can put onto your balance sheet to provide additional sources of cash and that's things such as, you know, extended lines of credit with your existing lenders. That's things such as knocking on the door of maybe um, some of your equity partners and, and maybe they can put more money into the business to, to bridge to bridge some sort of a gap. Uh, there, obviously, the government can play a big role in this, um, especially now that the new stimulus package has been, has been launched uh, and, and agreed upon and passed. And so there, there are a lot of things balance sheet related that people need to be uh, looking into probably pretty quickly. So we got to be managing and maximizing both our balance sheet as well as our operations and cash flow kind of at the same time as we're looking at driving this crazy car that we're in. It's also, Chris, just a lot of work because, um, you know, typically there's a lot of research that needs to be done. There's a lot of ramping up to speed and getting up to speed on a lot of these things. And it's, 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 like, it's like two jobs. And, and also a lot of these business owners, they have their day jobs too. So they're literally working around the clock right now. And, and uh, a lot of them need, need that help. Yeah. And I think the other thing that clients 
haven't had to deal with as much, and they probably don't know how to deal with when we talk the balance sheet is their receivables. You know, it depends on the industry how key receivables are for you, but in the past, clients probably never made calls as often as they're going to have to to call their customers and talk about receivables and payment terms. And if you're struggling, the person you're probably trying to collect from is struggling. So that's a whole new dynamic for these companies having to really think about versus just a rolling cash coming in on receivables, you know, just because they're doing the work. They still have to make those calls. And that's a process that a lot of clients don't have built today. And we're going to be trying to help some of those with that. Yeah. Uncomfortable times and uncomfortable discussions, but very necessary. Absolutely. So maybe let's go back and, and dive in a little bit more to cash flow, even where you would start to understand what your cash flow looks like for the next 13 days. I, I know that we've, we've got tools, we're helping clients do this all the time, but as a business owner, Carrie, could you maybe talk a little bit about what process that would look like to start even with the 13-week cash flow analysis? You really start with looking at your customers and looking at the receipts um, that you can expect the cash coming in that you can expect on a customer by customer basis. And, and usually there's an 80, 20 rule that you want to follow there. Chris, you, you, you want to kind of identify those top 20 clients that represent 80% of the revenue go line by line saying, you know, this is what this client owes me. And this is when we expect to get paid on that. And then you lay that out over a 13 week time period. And then what you'll find is, you know, some clients realistically, oh, you know what, this client's really going to be struggling. We probably don't expect to receive all of this money, maybe half of it. And it's probably going to be, you know, 10 weeks down the road that we're going to be able to get this money. Once you go through that exercise, you've got one of the, one of the key components to, to the equation figured out, which is your cash inflows. And then you want to look at your cash outflows. On, on, and, again, a lot of this is going to be laid out on a weekly basis. All of it's going to be laid out on a weekly basis. Uh, over again that 13 week time period um and you know the cash outflows the the number one thing that people usually start thinking about is literally keeping the the machines working keeping the lights on um so you're looking at water you're looking at your utilities you're also looking at payroll those are the three top things that you need to consider as far as what checks do you need to write this week week one what checks do you need to write week two and you lay that out in detail, and you're looking at very specific numbers. And by the way, this can be done also um, using just the general knowledge of these business owners, because you can you can do this kind of back of the napkin envelope to give you an idea. But then the next step is actually getting into the general ledger and understanding what those actual dollar amounts were. And then what you'll have is is cash flow. And usually, by the way, I'll I'll, I'll add this as well. Usually when you would have bought an additional machine, say a month out and spent, you know, $20,000 on a new machine, um, guess what? If it's not critical, push that out. Don't spend that money. This is around only spending the money that you have to. Um, and, and so there you got the inflows, there you got the outflows, um, and, and that's the start of it. That's, that's the beginning of it. Helpful. What about, um, is this a one and done? How often do you have to come back to this, or what are your thoughts on that? Is it a big lift at first, and then you ride it through, or? No, it's, you know, that that first view you get is going to be incredibly informative around your understanding of how much runway you have, how much um, how much time you have before you hit a critical point in your 
in your bank account. Um, a critical point being, you know what? Um, I own this business. I need to have at least a million dollars of safety or $500,000 of safety in order to put uh, food on the table for, for my family. Therefore, you know, I have this much time based on this initial cash flow, 13 week cash flow analysis that I have done. Um, however, you know, Chris, usually when you lay these things out, things change so fast that you should be refreshing these as well. So yes, you get a, an initial understanding of what actions you need to take in order to preserve cash. But, but then you got to refresh that because what happens if, you know, what happens if things are actually better than you thought they would be and cash is coming into the door faster or you're spending less money, then you're not going to potentially find yourself in as big of a crunch as you otherwise would. Therefore, do not lay those, do not lay those people off. You know, do not let go of your temp workers or do not hold back on the commissions to the salespeople. Um, things of that nature. So having this refreshed on a very regular basis can help you avoid uh, really bad mistakes than if you have older stale data that hasn't been refreshed quickly enough. Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. You know, Todd, as you're working with your various clients through this uh, challenging time right now, and they you've worked with them, you have a cash flow projection now that you're working with, can you talk a little bit about some of the options you've been able to develop or talk to clients about in regards to how they can either help increase revenue, uh, minimize expenses, access other capital, access other revenue? Yeah, so there's a few things, you know, like access to capital. I think Carrie kind of touched on it, but it's really, you know, um, you know, looking at your terrible bank sources, you know, um, clients right now are looking at their lines of credit, right? Maybe you should maximize that in this market and take that cash now. Make sure you have it, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, it's really it's, it's a fresh idea to look at the expenses because you may not have looked at your expenses and seen where, you know, some of your your costs are coming in. Some of these, you know, some of these clients might have more entertainment expenses than they realize when they really get into it, or, um, you know, they they have they're using eight company credit cards and haven't really been monitoring them, right? So you get into a lot of little details there. And then, it, you know, on the revenue side, it's looking at new new sources. You know, it's kind of what else can you go, what other revenue streams could you find? What's an auxiliary service you have? I mean, in the, you know, the restaurant world has had to move real fast, right? You know, not everyone did delivery curbside pickup. Now they're all doing that. You know, I mean, some were faster with the, or to ask Grubhub to the world. Now everybody's figuring that out, right? And that's a whole new business model. You have to figure out the cash flow for that because it's a different, you know, your your margins are different. And so it's really looking at different streams and different sources, I think, is, you know, it's going to be different for everybody, right? And, yeah. and, and until you map it out, it's really hard to know, you know, where that next step is going to be. Yeah. Carrie, anything you would add there in regards to other you know, steps we can take. I, I think you're, you're really right on point where having the cash flow model helps you understand where you might have to make changes. And then, you know, you go into recovery mode of, okay, this is what we're going to do in this time of need right now. But is there also an element of planning for when the growth comes back, when, we, when we're out of this unusual time and we're ready to to get back into the force and get back into to serving our clients and, 
you know, your customers, if you're a retailer, um, are there things that we can be thinking about now as we look at the cash flows with organizations? Yeah, there, there are, you know, we're encouraging our clients to think of this as a multi-phase approach. You know, phase, phase one is stabilizing the patient, just understanding um, what you can do to make sure that patient doesn't die, to make sure you are going to be available to fight the next day. Um, phase two is that patient is stabilized. And then you start thinking about how you can um, add muscle to that patient. And, and you start thinking about how that patient can not only start running again, walking again one day, but start running again. And so that's kind of, Chris, what you're, what you're hitting at there is that phase two. How do you now grow? It's almost like, let's shrink the business. Let's protect the value. Let's shrink the company so, you're, so, so you can survive on a cash flow basis. Yes, you're going to be smaller on the back end of this, but once everything's stabilized, then you're going to be smaller to start, but you're going to be stronger in the future. And I also would encourage our, our small business clients to, to know this. If you, if you survive this, you might not have as much competition as you did on the back end. This, this could be five years from now. This could be something that you had turned lemons into true lemonade. I'm not wishing poor on anybody's competitors, but the marketplace is going to stay the same and it's going to need product. And there might not be as many companies that are offering that product. So try to maintain that positive attitude and just shrink to then grow phase one and then phase two. Yeah. It's curious. Interesting. There was the years ago when Walmart first started coming into all the local markets, there used to be three or four grocers in every market. The grocer who survived Walmart coming in, always came out better. You know, they always came out more successful than they were before. And it was always the one that planned ahead more. It was, you know, the focus on the client. They understood a lot more of their business. So that's, that we've seen it before and it, it's going to happen here. You know, there's going to be, unfortunately there's winners and losers in this. And, yeah. you know, we want to help people come out on the other end. A lot of our small business clients have just been kind of business as normal a little bit. I think when they, you know, they're going to be having some reductions now and they're going to have to make decisions. Are, are you going to bring back the same workforce or now, now I think it'll give them an opportunity to look at technology, look at outsourcing. You know, there's a lot of different ways to run the business and there's a lot of technology out there now that they could utilize to, you know, do things differently now. And this will give them that chance, I think, to reevaluate things as they, as they're coming out of this, you know, because they're, they're looking at it from a fresh perspective, potentially. So um, there's definitely a lot of opportunities on the other side. That's a, that's a very good way to look at it. Um, so we've talked a little bit about how it's important to take these steps. Right now, we're all working in a in an unusual environment where you may not be able to get to your office to get the records. You may not be able to to you know connect face to face with somebody. How are we going about doing this in our, in our existing normal of remote working, Zoom calls, things of that nature? How are we getting to the information and how could a client or a prospect in need of this uh, be able to support you guys in the work that you could help them with on doing the cash flow modeling and looking at some remediation and recovery opportunities? Yeah, I'll take a stab at that, um, and then and then Todd, be curious to hear your thoughts. But um, you know, if 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 a client does not have their general ledger in in quote unquote the cloud, so a lot of these small businesses use QuickBooks, and if if they're not on QBO QuickBooks Online or 
or an equivalent type online service where they can, you know, access um, remotely. And we can help them access that remotely in the event they've never they've never actually done it. If they literally are are running servers in their office, or some small businesses might be doing this literally on paper as well, um, then and, and if and if they cannot get into their office, then what we need to do is sit down with that client, and we need to ask. It, it's on us to ask all of the detailed questions so we can recreate as best possible that general ledger information from their brain. And a lot of these small business owners have a lot of this knowledge locked up in their heads. Yeah. They've just never been interviewed to the extensiveness that they need in order to get this 80-20 answer for their cash flow needs. And so I would argue we, that's on us to interview them in a very thoughtful and, and, and very um, holistic manner. And then we can get 80% of that answer for them. That's terrific. I think that will give a lot of people relief on, I need to do this, but I don't even know where to start to gather the information. Yeah, the good news, it's cash flow, right? So we can, I would think most clients would get to the bank statements, right? And yep. you can see cash. They may we're not as concerned about what accrual are we missing. We'll talk that over with them. And, you know, when we talked about earlier, it's not a gas statement trying to figure out cash. So you're going to see cash going in and out of the bank. So that'll help. It's a lot easier process. Yeah. Well, this is great. Is there anything that you guys think we should cover that we haven't covered yet that would be helpful in this introduction? I think my parting thoughts are knowing the true cash flow position over time, looking into the future, lets you cut enough to survive, but not too much to where you're, you're, you're mad at yourself. Um, and for not supporting your people, you're mad at yourself for not being in a position to grow very quickly on the back end of this. So it's that balance that you have to hit. And it's that balance um, to get the balance. You've really got to understand just money and, and the cash flows. And, and I'll just, uh, I, I couldn't stress that enough. Yeah. I would just say that, you know, this is one of the solutions we're trying to bring to our small business clients. We, we have a small and Family Business Resource Center on our website. So this is one of the first things you're going to see because we think it's the first thing you should really start looking at right now. But there's a lot of other resources to help you, you know, talking about the stimulus and credits and incentives. We have great articles on our family business practice in there talking about just how to 10, 10 tips to do during this comeback. So, you know, there's a lot of other resources, but, you know, we, we have cash flow front and center and, um, it's, there's some, a nice link to that article out there. Well, thanks guys. Thanks much. Have a good day. Thanks Todd. Take care. Thank you for joining us today to receive notification. When new episodes become available, please subscribe to Baker Tilly us wherever you get your podcast.